Hello and welcome to the Praise Center Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information, visit PraiseCenterOnline.com. I want you to get your Bibles out and if you would, uh, open them to Matthew chapter 17, 14 through 20. If that sounds familiar to you, that's because that's the exact same verse I used last week, but I still want you to turn there, so don't skip out on me here. Uh, while you're doing that, I was, I was thinking this morning about, uh, and I mentioned Rich and I went on this trip, and, and uh, I'm always trying to watch, uh, well, I shouldn't say that. Lately, I've been trying harder to watch what I've been eating, and, and we went down there to, to Yakima a few weeks back, and, and so, uh, so we go back down to Yakima, and we, we ate more than we should have, and so he said what I was thinking as well, because our second day there, he said, let's get a lighter lunch. I said, yeah, that sounds like a good idea. So I'm, I'm, just, I'm just confessing to you right now. I do, I'm trying to do these calorie counting things. I'm trying to be more healthy. I'm working on it, um, and I've been doing pretty good so far, but that, back then, I wasn't working as hard, let's just say it that way. But we walked into a Safeway store, and there were these salads that were there, and um, I thought, salad, that's good, right? You with me? So, so I flipped, you know, you want to see how many calories this thing's going to cost. You flip it over, and in bold print, it said 150. I thought, that's not bad. That's good, right? So I just thought, great. So I grabbed this salad, and it was a really big salad, and I'm eating, and I'm, I'm actually getting full on a salad. I can't believe it, because usually they do nothing for you. But this, in this case, this one was like, wow, there was a lot of good stuff. The dressing was really good, and... And uh, I'm thinking, in my mind, there's like a little voice saying, no, <laughs> that's not right. So I'm nearly done with the salad, and I, I, I put the lid back on, and I flip it back over to look, and it says 3.5 servings. <laughs> so, so anyway, <laughs> that's the way it goes sometimes when you're trying to work on it. You've got to be a little more careful about those servings. I'm thinking, now I look back at that salad, and I think, that's ridiculous. Who would only eat, you know... A third of this salad, this is a, it was delicious. Why would I stop at the, anyway, that was, that was just my little, so I just want you to commiserate with me and pray for me and all that stuff, but, all right, to the text right away here, again, we started, we're, we're in the second week of a, a series we're doing on miracles, the subtitle is Move Your Mountain, and, uh, and let me just begin to talk about that first by going to the scripture, let's see what Jesus has to say from Matthew seventeen fourteen. here we go, when, the crowd, when they came to the crowd, a man approached Jesus and knelt before him, Lord, have mercy on my son, he said, he has seizures and is suffering greatly, he often falls into the fire or into the water. I brought him to your disciples, but they could not heal him. And then Jesus is re- replying in verse 17, and uh, we mentioned last week that, that Jesus rarely ever seems angry or upset. When he does, it's always a justifiable anger. It's in, uh, not on his own behalf, but it's on behalf of someone else. And in this case, we see that the, the Lord is not very happy with his disciples. And he says in verse 17, You unbelieving and perverse generation, Jesus replied, How long shall I stay with you? How long shall I put up with you? Bring the boy here to me. And uh, as Aaron said earlier, the problem was, is Jesus was expecting a certain level of faith out of them, and they were operating at a lower level of faith. He was expecting by now that this should have been able to have been handled by them. So in verse 18, it says Jesus rebuked the demon, and it came out of the boy, and he was healed at that moment. When the, then the disciples came to Jesus in private and asked, why couldn't we drive it out? And he replied, because you have so little faith. Truly I tell you, and remember, I said this last week as well, the word small is not in the original Greek language in this text, and it was inserted 
by someone in the English because they thought it was implied, but I don't believe it belongs there. So what it should say is this, truly I tell you, if you have faith as a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move. Nothing will be impossible for you. And the, yeah, amen. And the reason it's important to distinguish small is because it's, obviously Jesus is not happy when their faith is little, right? So in context, that just makes perfect sense, doesn't it? And, and so, so what Jesus is asking for is faith as a mustard seed. What is a mustard seed? Well, it starts out small, folks, but guess what it does? It grows, properly nurtured, probably taken care of. And that's what Jesus expects from us. That's what the Lord expects from us, ever-growing faith. You know, when I was first saved, I felt like, man, my prayers got answered super, like I just felt like, wow, I could, you know. But as time went on, I thought, this is getting harder to get prayers answered. Does anybody else experience that in your Christian walk? I, it just was that way for me. I felt like, man, I'm really having to work for this. And, um, and I think it, what the Lord was doing is just help, helped me to grow up right? I'm, I'm older now, and I'm in the, older in the Lord, and I need to have a, a greater and a stronger faith. And so faith is faith that should grow. So, to, so we're talking about moving mountains today. Jesus said repeatedly, we see it in many places, that you can take a mountain, and you can say, move from here to there, and it will move. And if, if that is possible, then I want to ask you today, what is your mountain, church? What is it you're facing? What are you up against in your life? What is your struggle or obstacle? And, and what is the thing you need God to do most in your life? And so we're going we're gonna to, again, tackle this in a, in a part two of what I started last week. So let's pray and give this to the Lord. Lord, uh, thank you again for helping us to realize and to recognize that our faith needs to be a faith that is growing. And God, as that is true, I thank you again, Lord, that nothing will be impossible to us. So we don't look at any obstacle we face or any mountain that we're faced right now and say that that is impossible to move, it will never happen. That is not true. But God, we recognize that the responsibility is on our part to grow in our faith and begin to uh, plead to you by faith, Lord God, for the things that we're needing to be done. God, we thank you for this. Give us that perspective in Jesus' name. If you agree, say amen. So a lot of times at this point in my message, I would just uh, maybe tell a story or something like that. And I, I actually read a story this week about an incredible miracle that happened to a lady named Rue Duvall. And, uh, and it happened just about two or three years ago back, back east. And I was, I was actually, I had typed out, you know, kind of bits and pieces of the story so I would be able to retell it. And I got to the end of this incredible story, and something I had missed before I did all that work was that this is actually on a video. The story of this lady's testimony was on a video. And I thought, that's better, let's just show this video. So if the guys would just dim the lights and show you this, turn up the sound first. Come on, let's thank the Lord, huh? It's incredible. The video didn't explain that when uh, Rue fell to the floor, the youth literally, because they'd never seen anything like that before, they, they turned to each other and, and were asking each other, did we kill her? <laughs> you know, they and, uh, so, and also that, that she, she went actually to the doctor the next day, as the, that wasn't on the video, but, uh, and she had a port so that she would get the chemo treatment. She told the doctor, take it out. And he said, no, I can't take it out because you need it. And she says, no, take it out. So because it was a, a, a directive and he couldn't refuse her telling him what to do, apparently, uh, so a clear directive. So he took it out. But in the meantime, he took blood samples 
and uh, checked them out. And then, of course, she had that other scan that she had later that proved that it was totally gone. I don't know about you, but that's mountain moving for me. That's what I want to see. I believe God does that kind of stuff. He did it when, when uh, he was here on the planet, and he's still doing it today through people that will just... Uh, listen to him and do what he calls them to do. So I'm, I'm looking for the day, and I want to see it in ours. And I've seen little bits and pieces, but I want to see even our young people uh, begin to lay hands on people and begin to see great miracles and mountains be moved in Jesus' name. If you agree, say amen. All right. So, so let me remind you that, that what I talked about last week, if I could just briefly re- go back over this, is that the idea that it's... Let me just ask this, because a lot of you were here. Who moves the mountains? We do, right? Now, I know a lot of people get confused about that, but what my, remember my point was is that obviously it's just all God's power, but God will not do it unless we're involved in the process. And it's actually Jesus telling us that if you have faith as a mustard seed, you can say to the mountain, right? And, and so we talked about the idea that it really is this idea that we have to get used to, that, that, that we're not passive in this, we are actually active. It is all God's power, but it really is you and me stepping up. And, 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 God want, and here's, the, here's the key, you've got to understand, God will not move without us. He's chosen. It's not that he's not powerful enough, he has just chosen to leave stuff in our hands. So let's step into it, let's step up to it, and decide that we want to see God do Great miracles in our midst. Amen? Amen. Now, last week I also talked about the fact that uh, this idea of maybe a two-step authentication. The idea is that faith is always going to be required to move a mountain. But then I talked about, but sometimes, and we looked at a scripture last week that said if you're not obeying, if you're not living in obedience to Christ, then your faith isn't going to work. It's not, you got to have those things together. So the first step is always faith, but there is a second step, which is obedience. Now, today I'm going to give you two more possible roadblocks, if you will, that would keep us from experiencing that mountain-moving faith. And again, always it's got to be faith, but here's two more things that might be holding us back from receiving what we've asked of God faith-believing. Here we go. The first is in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, a familiar passage, I'm sure, one of the most familiar in the Scripture. And Paul, when we read this, we, we recognize that no doubt he is referencing the words of Jesus When he says these words, he says, If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have a faith, watch this, that can, what? Move mountains, but I do not have love, I'm nothing. Here he's saying that that you can have all kinds of faith, but if you don't pair it with love, the lack of love will negate the power of those miracles and, and it negates the reason for the miracle itself. There is a, there's a reason God does miracles. And, and I believe it is love. I believe it's love for people. I think he cares. I, everything, you know, Jesus, you, just, you, you read about him, and he, they, he would see the crowds, and he'd have compassion on them. And he'd see children, and no, let the children come to me. He's, a, he's God of love. He's a God of compassion. And so he want, he, he's insisting that love be worked through our lives as well, to, to do miracles because it, there is a reason behind it, the love of God, the care of God for people. Let me further explain. The, the word miracle in the Greek language is translated in other places as, as the word works. Look at Matthew 5, 16. Jesus said these words. He said, let your light, think about that, so shine before men that they may see your good works, your good miracles, okay? And glorify your Father which is in heaven. 
So I believe Jesus is saying that part of our good works is to do miracles in his name. Not every good work is a miracle, but part of the good works we're to be doing are miracles. That, doesn't that make sense? Like just what you just saw of that, that those young people. Can you imagine the testimony, in a, not just in a video format, but as Rue goes to the doctor and as Rue speaks with the nurse and as Rue speaks to her neighbors and say, man, I had cancer, but God healed me. I mean, what a tremendous thing. And that's letting the light shine so that the good works may glorify God. And, uh, and so, but, but again, the context of this uh, good works and the good things that we do is that we become this light that shines, that light dispels the darkness, that, and we, 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 dis, we are light because light is attractive. We're light because light is life-giving, and we're light because without the light, people will not find God. They, they continue to be in darkness. And, and so what happens when we do a, a miracle in the name of the Lord, when we do something powerful for God, all of a sudden the light just burns brighter. And all of a sudden, people go, oh, like moss to a flame, so to speak, you know. Like, oh, let's check this out. You know, and it attracts people. You see what, that, what I'm saying? And so people are attracted to God. This same word in the Greek language is translated another way in Matthew 16, 17, and other places as well. But Jesus said this, these signs. So now miracle, it's, it, it, depending on the context, it's translated miracles, works, and now signs will accompany those who believe. So when we do signs... When we do miracles, we are, what are we doing with us? What does a sign do? Right? What's a, what's a sign about? It, it points people, it tells people to go someplace. It's giving them direction, if you will. And this is what, what exactly is meant by this. We're helping point people to the Lord. We're pointing them to Jesus, right? So, so we, don't, we do these things not in our own name. This isn't about glory for us or glory for Praise Center or any such thing. It's about glory for Jesus. So when we do these signs, when we do these wonders, we are helping people be pointed toward the Lord. So our works, that being the light that we shine, our signs that we do, they're, they're, that we point toward God, they must be done in this environment of love, right? I'm, I'm, now I'm putting that all together. It, it's important to love. Love is one of the, it is the greatest forms of witnessing that we can do in, in, to be effective in the world. And at least it's, a, it's probably the best starting place. If we can't come from a motivation of love to let other people know about their destiny or of, of either heaven or hell, if we can't come from a motivation of love to do things, then we're, we're, you can move mountains all you want, but that's not going to result in anything good that's going to last for the Lord. So we're, we're to do, we talk about evangelism. That scares most of us, but we can just love people, can't we? And, and we, can, we can do things that attract people, Right? I mean, listen, this is the way I see Jesus. He, he preached to people, but he didn't do it like he didn't burst in on people and, that were just maybe they were doing something else. And he says, hey, stop what you're doing. I'm going to tell you about God. No, he waited until a crowd formed around him. Yeah. You catching this? And then he said, oh, while you're here, let me tell you about something called Beatitudes. Right. All right. So this is, this is how it works, because we always think, well, I've got to figure out some key to evangelism and stuff. You know. Um, you know, what is not a good way to do evangelism is when the waiter asks you how you would like your steak done, saying, well done, good and faithful servant. That's, that's probably not the best way to do evangelism. Okay. I don't think the message is getting through when you do that. So, so again, God's love for people, his desire for them to be saved is our primary motivation Behind the works, the miracles, the signs, and the wonders. 
And then let me give you one more final roadblock, if I, if I may. How many just are saying, let's just get those roadblocks out of the way so we can get to moving some mountains? Here's, here's the last one then, I think. Mountain moving requires forgiving sins. Mountain moving requires forgiving sins. Mark tells the same story as Matthew about the fig tree and the mountain moving and all that. But he adds some additional information. So look at the screen and I'll read it. But, but this is what you'll, you'll pick up on it when we get to the end of this. This is Mark 11:20 20 through 25. In the morning as they went along, they saw a fig tree withered by the roots. Peter remembered and said to Jesus, Rabbi, look, the fig, you curse, fig tree you curse has withered. Have faith in God, Jesus answered. Truly, I tell you, if anyone says to this mountain, go throw yourself in the sea and does not doubt in their heart, but believes what they say, notice the words that they say, right? Say it out loud, will happen. It will be done for them. Therefore, I tell you, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that you have received it, will be yours. Are you anticipating another shoe falling right now? Oh, and by the way, and when you stand praying while you're doing that, if by chance you happen to hold anything against someone, forgive them so your Father in heaven may forgive your sins. Notice the context. While you're standing there praying, you're saying, man, mountain, move into the sea. Oh. And it hits you. And you remember. And the Holy Spirit's just tugging on your heart and saying, what about your, your attitude towards so-and-so? What about that that angst that you feel as you deal with that person or see that person. Uh, unforgiveness, listen, it is one of the most insidious, sneaky sins there is. It, it, we can make a great show of saying, oh, I forgive. But then don't we catch ourselves down deep inside just kind of like we can, we can feel something rumbling around in there as we think about that person. And then all of a sudden we're realizing we've not completely let go in our hearts. Years ago, I was walking through a store, and I saw someone at a distance. This is years ago again. And I saw someone at a distance who had left the church, and when they left, it was not a good leave. It was, you know, there's some good leaves. There's some people that they leave, and I'm actually happy. No, I'm just kidding. And uh, no. Nobody here, of course, but I'm, I'm just joking. But anyway, I, this guy, it wasn't a good leave. There was some stuff said. And I felt it was incredibly unfair. And, uh, and they just left. And, and, and so I'm walking through a store. And by the way, after that was over, I went to the Lord. I said, Lord, forgive me for my, my wicked heart. Forgive me for my attitude toward this person. I, I forgive them for what they did. I went through the, all that with the Lord. But then I'm walking through a store. Minding my own business. Going to go get something over here. All of a sudden, right in line with where I'm going, I see the guy. And I did this. Right? So I'm going, so I pick another aisle because I'm going to try to figure out a way to get, I don't want to, I don't want to deal with it. Just, I'm just being real, this is, this is what happened. So I go down another aisle, and I'm starting to go down that aisle, and I look up ahead, and I see another guy that had left our church. <laughs> um, now, he left under better conditions, mind you, but I just thought, no. And so I turned another way. Now I'm going in the exact opposite of the way I really need to go to get what I want to get. And the Holy Spirit kind of comes along and kind of thumps on my noggin a little bit and says, hey, Sal, you have a problem here. And I just recognized in that moment, I haven't fully let go of that thing. 
And I've preached it so many times. You know, if you've been around, in fact, I preached on July 22nd. You can go back and listen to a message on forgiveness in more depth. But, but understanding the concept isn't that you're saying it's okay. It's not okay what they did. It's not saying, uh, forget it, because you can't forget. But it, it, what it is, is it's saying, I'm letting it go. I'm giving it to God. Remember this. And, and so I realized when I gave it to God, I kept peace for myself. Because it kind of, I'm just going to be real. In the flesh, it felt kind of good to just hang on to that peace. I was, it was unjustifiable. And I had this attitude. And so, so I, just, uh, I just had to again bring it to God and say, God, take it. I give it to you. I don't want to be dragging this around with me anymore. Whew, yeah. So, so, so to be honest, sometimes, if I can just say it this way, the unforgiveness that's in our heart is the mountain that needs to be removed. Right? I mean, for me, it has been at times where I just, man, I've got to remove this thing. I've got to get rid of it. If you and I want to be mountain movers, we've got to be walking in forgiveness. We've got to walk in forgiveness. And if we are speaking to mountains and they are not moving, we just may need to check our hearts once again. Because the basis for us forgiving others, you know, is based in the fact that God has forgiven us of a greater debt than anyone could ever commit against us. Always, always remember that. You think, well, that's, it's not right. Well, just remember the debt we've been forgiven. That we have crossed from death to life because of an incredible God that we serve. It says in Micah 7.18, Who is a God like you who pardons sins and forgives? You, you do not stay angry forever, but delight to show mercy. You will again have compassion on us. You will tread our sins underfoot and hurl all our iniquities into the depths of the sea. Are you connecting the dots between what Jesus was saying here? He's saying, you got this mountain, and it, where, did, where is Jesus throwing stuff all the time? What's up with this sea stuff? It's fig trees are going. It's, it's mountains are going. It's guys who offend children, get a millstone around their neck, and guess where they're going? That's another message. We'll talk about that someday. But you understand, Jesus keeps talking about this idea of like, throw it into them, throw it in, throw it in. I find it very interesting. And as I was thinking about this, actually two weeks ago, I was thinking about this, and the Lord brought something to memory that I happen to know, and you probably know it too. But it's interesting to note this, that on a geological scale, the highest mountain in the world is Mount Everest. It's at 29,029 feet, Okay. And you may not know this, though, that the deepest part of the sea is called the Mariana Trench, and it's 36,070 feet. So if in our next slide we take Mount Everest and flip it upside down and dump it into the sea, somebody got it, right? Are you catching this? There's still 7,000 feet of water over the biggest mountain that we could ever face. Come on. That is powerful. That's amazing. And it's, I, think, I think it's amazing how things like this, you know, that's not Bible, that's just geology, but I'm saying it relates. And I think that there's no mountain, there is no mountain that God can't take care of and it completely gets covered. There's room to spare when it comes to God in Jesus' name. I don't care how big that mountain is that you're facing, there's nothing that God can't take care of. There's nothing that He can't handle. There's nothing my God cannot do. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Worship team, come on back up. So what's true in the physical, geological realm is, is the idea of the 
vastness of our potential in mountain moving. I like that. I like the idea that there's plenty of room. The sea is deep, and when we're done, nothing is left of the mountain. Not, listen, not the mountains of our sins that we've committed, not the mountains of sins committed against us, not the mountains of financial lack that we face, not the mountains of physical pain or illness, not the mountains of troubled relationships, not the mountains of your past, either things you did or things that were done to you, nor any other mountain is bigger than God's ability to fully and completely deal with it. Trust me in Jesus' name. So to simplify what I've said over the last two weeks and to just bring it down, we're the ones that move the mountains and we do it by faith. We do it by faith. But faith alone may not be enough to get the job done if we are not fully and completely obeying God, right? So, so we had a little, a little checkpoint last week. We came to the altar. We said, God, reveal any wicked way in me. If there's some area I'm not obeying in, I don't want that to hinder me from moving this mountain. The second area could be an area where there's just lack of love, right? You got faith like crazy, but you got no love. So it's got to be love motivated. It's got to be, uh, you know, that's the, the purpose is to get them to know God's love through it. And the third thing, final thing, is this idea of forgiving, forgiving one another. So you may feel like you need to move a mountain today. And if you do, let's examine our own hearts again. Let's think about, okay, are any of those three areas still an issue for me? And if not, then just move it. I was about to break into a chorus of, I like to move it, move it, but <laughs> there was a little thing in the back of my brain that said, don't do it. Don't, don't do it. <laughs> don't do it. See, there's temptation right there to do something. Oh, that's awesome. I like to move it, though. I like, to, you know, I like to move the mountains. I like it. I'm still tempted. Okay, I'll get past it. Move your mountain. Don't wait for somebody else. Now, listen, at the end of this service, I'm going to ask our leaders to come and fill in area across the front, that side, this side over here. And anybody who wants to come and just, listen, they're not going to move the mountain for you, but, but it, Jesus talks about the power of agreement. And sometimes the two of us together can move a mountain. But, but each one of us has to have our own faith. Right? Let's have faith. Let's believe that God wants to move it. So we're going to do that. Let's do this first, though. Let's uh, close our eyes and let's pray. Father, I thank you. Uh, Lord, I think about it. It would be enough for us if you just said, hey, I'll supply eternal life for you, and then that was it. But, but Lord, I thank you that you go so much further. <laughs> Lord, it's, it's not just about eternal life, but there's stuff you want to do in this life. Lord, you told us that the works that you did, we would do also, and greater works. So, God, there is just this uh, obvious generosity on your part towards your people, toward us in the area of moving mountains and having faith. And so, Lord, we, we don't mind asking you, like the man we talked about last week, the man last week that said, I believe, but help my unbelief. Lord, in fact, would you just tell the word, Lord in your own words right now? If there's, you just say, Lord, help my unbelief. If i got an area of unbelief, just tell him in your own words, Lord, help my unbelief. Help me to step it up. I do believe, but God, I want to get a little bit more faith here in Jesus' name. So help me. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. Help us to move those mountains. Help us to deal with areas of our life that are standing in the way for us. In Jesus' name. While your uh, eyes are closed, I just want to ask quickly if there's anyone here today that you don't know Jesus as your Savior. You haven't accepted the love of God. And, and uh, if that's true for you, then, 
then, uh, then today could be the day of your salvation. Today could be the day that you get a chance to uh, experience the, the fullness of God's love. If you would like to be helped, led in a prayer right now to receive Christ, if that's what you would like, just be bold enough in this moment to raise your hand and, and we'll help pray with you in this moment and, and you will come to the Lord. And your sins will be forgiven. If that's you, raise your hand right now. We're going to pray with you. If you, know, you need to know the Lord and you know it. Time to raise your hand now. Oh, thank you, God. Thank you, God. We pray for those. Church, just be praying right now. I don't know everybody in this room, but, uh, but also don't, ju don't just think about that, but think about neighbors and friends and relatives and mention them before the Lord in this moment. Let's use this moment constructively. Lord God, we think about some of our friends, neighbors, relatives who getting them to come to you seems like a mountain that needs to be moved. But Lord, we thank you that you're able. So God... Move those mountains, we pray in Jesus' name. Let's stand together. I'm going to ask those leaders uh, that uh, are here, that are available, to come be ready at the front, go into the far sides, if you will. It's a little easier to hear there. And um, we're going to open the front up again for all kinds of stuff. You say, well, I need to deal with some unforgiveness. Maybe the place for you is on your knees right here. Just say, God, help me to walk in forgiveness. Help me to walk in the truth. You say, I need some prayer with somebody right now to agree with me so that that mountain in my life will be moved. Then just go to any one of these folks at the front. They are all solid, solid people that are ready to pray with you and for you. As we do that, we're going to sing this great song and, uh, that we learned some time ago. I've seen you move, you move the mountains, and I believe I'll see you do it again. Amen? God's going to move some mountains, I believe. And trust me when I tell you that there's plenty of room in God's ocean for that mountain of yours. We'll never see it again. Amen? Thank you for listening to Praise Center Sermon of the Week. Don't forget, for more information, visit PraiseCenterOnline.com.